Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Before we get started, I want to thank Beach Mom Times 3 for her review on iTunes. It's titled, Liz is a Lifeline, and she says, found this podcast to be extremely calming and insightful, delightfully soothing and beneficial. Thank you. So thank you to you, Beach Mom Times 3. I really appreciate that, and I really love getting reviews. It helps the podcast be found by all the search engines. And I like to get the feedback, too, that it's actually helping someone. So thank you so much for that. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. I hope you're having a wonderful week and that this podcast episode helps it be just a little bit better or perhaps someone you know for their week to be better. Now, this episode is by request. I was working with a client and she said, please do a podcast episode about this. And I said, okay, I will by request. And we were working on anxiety and worrying about something in the future. Now, I am an anxiety specialist, and I have all kinds of ways to work with anxiety. I'm highly skilled in cognitive behavior therapy, CBT. That's one way to work with it. I'm skilled in DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, which is fantastic for anxiety. In fact, I think it's even better for anxiety than CBT, personally, because it has some concepts that CBT doesn't really have, such as radical acceptance, which is a wonderful, wonderful concept. And this episode isn't really about that, but I'm going to just explain it in brief because I think it's such a helpful concept. Radical acceptance is not saying that something that happened is okay, that what someone did is okay, but it is acknowledging that this happened and it cannot be changed. We cannot change the past. We can only change the present. That's it. And hopefully that affects the future. Sometimes, sometimes not. So when you find yourself stuck in this thought loop of, I wish I had done this, or I wish it had been that way, or I wish this had happened, you're stuck in the past and you're not moving towards radical acceptance. So for me, this has become a concept that I use all the time in my practice and in my personal life. The next step in DBT is turning the mind when that happens. So it's accepting that something happened and then turning the mind towards something that's helpful. So that may be distracting the mind as in, let me watch a show or color or take a walk or do something like that. Talk to somebody. It may be a thought process. And that's probably the one I use the most. It's like, oh, is this thought helpful for me? If not, then what would be a thought that would be helpful for me right now? And then I try to think of a thought that's helpful. So that's radical acceptance and how to turn the mind very briefly in like a minute or less or something. But this technique is a little bit different. 
So this client and I were talking and talking, and finally I said, why don't you just put that on your list? And she said, what do you mean? I was like, well, why don't you put it down for Friday? Worry obsessively about such and such. And she just looked at me and started laughing. And she said, have you done that before? And I said, yeah, actually I have. And she said, when? And I said, oh, this is a couple years ago or something. She said, do you still have the list? And I looked at her and I really value honesty and authenticity and therapy. And I'm not going to talk about all kinds of private stuff as a therapist, but this wasn't so private because it's a technique I'm teaching really. And I said, yeah, actually I happen to have it because I pull it out from time to time and it makes me laugh. And she said, all right, would you mind reading it to me? And I said, no problem. I actually keep this in my calendar. I still use a paper calendar and I use a Google calendar and I use like my client calendar. I have like three different calendars going. But this list I transfer from my paper calendar year to year. So I'm going to read it to you. Okay, so it's Friday. Spinning, bank, scan documents, work on the website, pick up the girls, take them home, pay them allowance. Attend to do healthcare application but never actually do it. Wallow in self-pity. Be scared and anxious that you're going to be penniless. Have fantasies of giving up, moving away, moving in with the ex-husband who can't even support me at this point. Remind myself of that. Take several naps and feel like dying. Okay, so that's the end of the list. (laughs) And it still makes me laugh. I know some people are probably listening to this and are like, oh my gosh, like, oh, that's so sad, right? And that really is where I was at the time, like, feel like dying. You know, it was such a stressful time. I have some healthy stuff on there, right? Like work on my website and go to spinning, pick up my girls, like things like that. But what it did is once I wrote it down, it put it right in front of me. And then I could get some distance from it. I could be like, oh, okay, you know what? I can save wallowing in self-pity until Friday. I can handle that on Friday, right? Because it's on my list and then that one will be easy to check off. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I love making lists. I'm a huge list maker. I love setting goals. I'm very careful about goals these days because generally once I set one, it happens. I do goals all kinds of ways The dream book is one. I have an affiliate link for that. That's a beautiful, beautiful way I've been setting goals. Um, Art journaling is another. And I'd love to check off my list. So this would be a very easy list for me to check off for Friday, right? Like have fantasies of giving up and moving away. Well, Well, that's pretty much every day. So check, that's done today. And then I can let it go take several naps. You know, that's a sign of depression for me if I'm napping all day. And I really was in a depressive episode at that point. This was probably, I don't know, 2013 or something like that. And going through extremely stressful time. So she loved this concept. And occasionally, if things get really stressful, I'll still use it because it does somehow pop you out of it. I'm not quite sure how. Now, obviously, I'm no longer in this place. And that was probably my last big episode of depression, actually. And I'd had episodes of depression throughout my life, I would say starting at around age 18 when my father died. 
But then when the next one hit, I went and got core healing hypnosis. And it's hypnosis that really helped me nip that one in the bud and then feel like it's never coming back. Like now I have a tool. You know, at that point in my life, I knew the signs very early. And I had learned through my previous therapist who I saw forever (laughs) that I have to really protect myself against depression. Okay, it is not just something that I let come and go. It's like, oh, if I see a sign coming on, something like taking several naps a day, then I need to go into action to protect myself. And so when the next episode hit, when I started to see the signs, I thought, oh my God, I am not doing this again. Because typically an episode of depression lasts a year or two. And that's for most people, not just me. For most people, that's the case. So I was like, there's no way I'm doing that again. I'm not putting my kids through that. I don't want to go through it. I love my business right now. I love being a therapist. Like there's so many parts of my life that I loved that I thought, forget it. And this time I went into action pretty immediately and did core healing hypnosis, which of course I got trained in and I'm a specialist in now as well myself and help people all the time that come into my office and say, I always feel like depression is right around the corner. And I say, well, let's take care of that. Okay, let's have that feeling go away. Let's give you a tool that you can use so that you no longer have to live in fear of that so that you can go into action if you see a sign of it. So how does hypnosis work with depression? Since this is a podcast about hypnosis, correct? So first let's ask, is it effective? When you look at the research literature, there's been meta analyses published about depression studies. And the brief on that is that, yes, it's effective, actually. So there's one study that participants receiving hypnosis for depression with a combination of talk therapy, so cognitive therapy, showed more improvement than 72% of the control participants. That's a lot, right? Like, okay, 70% of you are going to feel a lot better and your depression is going to get much better. So who would raise their hand for that? I would, all right? I did raise my hand for that. Control subjects means people who didn't get hypnosis. They just got cognitive therapy. There's another study published by she and colleagues, SHIH, in 2009. And it's found about the same thing. They looked at six different studies, all kinds of trials of treatment, And what they found is that the average participant receiving hypnosis demonstrated more improvement than about 76% of control participants. So that's fantastic. So what are we working on when we're doing that? I know for me, when I'm working with someone experiencing depression, I'm working on reducing symptoms, first of all, like suggestions that they have a little bit more energy to go out and do things, that they want to interact with people, that they can reframe something that's happening. So our ability to reframe, reframing means think about something a different way. That's all it means. Our ability to reframe something is a skill that keeps us from feeling bad. Another thing we're doing with hypnosis is inducing relaxation, obviously, and that in itself feels really good to people. But I'm also giving suggestions to increase self-esteem, 
to expand awareness of positive things that are happening in their life. Because when you're depressed, like everything looks horrible. So part of my goal is to help you actually have a better mood, positive mood. And then, of course, part of my goal is to train you in self-hypnosis so that you can go home and do some of these things yourself. Most of the time, I send custom recordings home with clients. But I know some therapists don't believe in that, and they don't do that. They feel like the change process happens right there in session. I do believe that as well. The change process happens right in session when you're doing the hypnosis but I know I like to listen to hypnosis files, so I assume my clients do too. Occasionally I have someone who doesn't want a recording, that's totally fine with me, but most of them want one. So what I'm putting into the recording are the things that I talked about and always helping them feel better. So if you have any of my free hypnosis files, that you can get at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. Just join the newsletter, you'll get the free files. You'll notice that generally at the end, I put when you wake up, you'll feel a sense of hopefulness, feeling refreshed for the day ahead. That's if you've fallen asleep listening to the hypnosis. Now, that's not a quote. I don't know exactly what I said on all of them, but in general, I tend to use that because it's so good for you, so good for people to wake up and feel hopeful for the day ahead, feel like it's a good day ahead. And when you're in depression, you don't feel like that. You wake up and think, oh my God, not another day. Like, ugh, I can't make it through. And then that's often when people wanna stay in bed. Like, I'll just stay here in bed and not even get out. I just can't face life. Okay, that's the feeling of depression. So in hypnosis, I'm helping you transform that into hopefulness, like waking up and saying, okay, maybe the whole day isn't great, but perhaps one thing is good about this day. There's one thing to look forward to or one thing to live for. So I hope that helps you understand hypnosis and how it helps depression a little better. The name of that study, by the way, is a meta-analysis of hypnotic interventions for depression symptoms. High hopes for hypnosis. And it's by Leonard Milling, Kira Valentine, Hannah Mark- McCarley, and Lindsay Los Demolo, published online January 2019. So it's a pretty recent study last year. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you need help yourself, really, I encourage you to consider hypnosis and consider reaching out to either a professional that's around you for in-person hypnosis or to me if you'd like to do online hypnosis. I do want to let you know that you can feel better, that there is hope. You don't have to live this way. You really don't. Life can feel good and happy and you can enjoy your kids and your family and your friends again and want to go out and do things and hypnosis can help you get there. All right, peace.
I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.